0: Listeners, welcome to the NK News Podcast. I'm your host, Jacko Zwetsu, and today it is Saturday, March 13th, 2021 in Seoul. And joining me via Zoom from his office in the United States, where it is still the evening of Friday, March 12th, I have Hyun Sung Lee to talk about his life as a member of the North Korean elite. But first, I'd like to ask all of our listeners to please do me a favor, wherever you listen to this podcast, please leave a review, whether that's on iTunes or whatever platform you use. Uh, I looked at our reviews the other day and I realized that we had some positive feedback, but it was looking pretty old. And that's mostly my fault because I haven't been encouraging you, the listeners, to leave reviews. So, ladies and gentlemen, please leave us some reviews and share the podcast with your colleagues, friends, and even enemies. Second, check out NK News, your specialist source for trusted information on North Korea. Get behind the headlines at nknews.org. Consider buying a subscription for a year. It's more affordable than you might think, and it helps to fund the excellent journalism that my colleagues put out every day. In fact, if you sign up as an annual member, it's less than a dollar a day. And if you're already a subscriber, consider a subscription to NK Pro. Now, to introduce today's guest more properly, Hyun Sung Lee is a former deputy general manager of the Korean Myeong Shipping Corporation, which is a North Korean state owned business entity. And he graduated from China Dongbei University of Finance and Economics, where he was chairman of the Kim Il Sung Socialist Youth League, Daryang China branch. After he completed his military service in 2005, At the rank of sergeant, he was granted membership in the Korean Workers' Party. Despite his prestigious background and elite-level education, a series of brutal purges by Kim Jong-un forced him and his entire family to defect in late 2014, making their way first to South Korea. Subsequently, the entire family emigrated to the United States, where Hyun-sung has been engaged with several Washington DC think tanks and NGOs in consulting roles. Welcome on the show, Hyunseung, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So there's so many things that I could talk about with you, but I thought let's focus this episode by talking about your life, uh, mostly in North Korea, but also in China. Uh, what is it like to be a member of North Korea's elite?
1: Um, it's a very tough question, but I'd like to say, uh, I'll just explain my background. Sure. I uh, was born in North Korea, uh, in Wonsan city in North Korea. In 1985, and then I moved to Pyongyang when I was three, and then from that time, I, I would say I was raised as elite, uh, because I went to Pyongyang Kim Sung Academy, uh, which is uh, fostering music talent, and Kim Jong Un's wife also graduated Kim Academy. Later, I went to uh, Pyongyang Foreign Language School, and my English, uh, my major was English, so I was taught. Uh, english in british english yeah so like pyongyang foreign language school is uh you know specialized in teaching foreign languages and then all the uh elite children uh, the member the member of the elite children were starting there after that i went to i voluntarily joined the military even though my high school was exempt from military service but Mm. i joined military, and I served for three years and three months. And later, I was lucky to move to China because my dad was assigned to do business in China as a North Korean state-owned state owned company official. Right. So yeah, he, uh, I can I couldn't start in China. And so- later, I become a, uh, the uh, deputy general manager of Korea Myung-Shinping Corporation.
0: So you were born in Wonsan, but you moved to Pyongyang as uh, at an early age, and, and you said that you were a member of the elite. You know, when you, when you moved to Pyongyang, was that because uh, did you move to Pyongyang because of your father's job?
1: Yes, that's true.
0: Can you tell us what he did in Pyongyang? Was he a, a special person in the government?
1: I think my family uh, was pretty normal family, like you no know, general ordinary uh like public family but mm-hmm. um my dad uh found a job like at his very early age uh found the job in office 39 which oh. is uh north korean leader's private you know company like so the office 39 is very privileged state owned company yeah. run by a direct order of kim family
0: right okay so so he moved from wonsan to pyongyang to take that job Yes. Okay. And he was
1: lucky too. He met very high level person and then he introduced job to him, uh, introduced a job to him and then um, uh, he could just start work and then he did a good job and then yeah, he was continued uh, his Office 39 official work.
0: And is it common that people who work for Office 39 have opportunities to travel overseas and maybe even live in other countries?
1: Yes, uh, because uh Office 39's work is most related to business, so um many Office 39 officials have chance to travel other countries.
0: When we look at photos of North Korea or it, for um travelers who visit Pyongyang. Uh, we can see the North Korean slogan Ilshim uh, everywhere, which of course means um, a single-hearted uh, unity or, or solidarity. And I, I wonder, you've got this elite class, uh, and then most people in North Korea are not part of the elite. How much social solidarity is there between elite North Koreans and the rest of the population?
1: Um, it's very interesting question. So I thought, like Dangyo, which you described, is like one heart, and social solidarity means uh, one heart under the. Uh, I mean, the social solidarity under the one heart, and then one heart means Kim family. So it is nothing related between elite class and the rest of the population, I guess.
0: Oh, so it's not a slogan to bind together all the people. It's a slogan to bind the people to the Kim family. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yes, because, you know, uh, we have this slogan, like, you know, uh, more than like 30 years, but as you uh, mentioned earlier, everywhere there was a slogan like but which means, which actually means is not the, you know, the bound uh, the elite and then the rest of the population it is the it is referring uh, north korean leader and other people so one heart and then you have to bond with this one heart one heart means K, uh, kim jong-un
0: the leader's heart yes yeah uh, what percentage of the north korean population would you say are members of the elite class would it be five percent or, or smaller
1: uh, it could be safe. Uh, it could say 5%. I mean, I don't really get it, how we can classify it, elite class.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that, that's actually a great point, is that it can be very tricky to, uh, to define who is in the elite and who is not in the elite. Did you feel, when you lived in Pyongyang, did you feel that everyone in Pyongyang was a member of the elite?
1: Uh, I didn't. Because I know um, other people's life and then, you know, um, my friend's life. So, you know, the, generally speaking, my friend's life is much better than other uh, general population. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, my, myself also, you know, a friend of my you know, elite class. So um, I have some basic understanding of uh, it is not, you know, my life is not the you know, general
0: pop- population's life and all of your uh, fellow students at the Song academy would they have all been children of the elites at the beginning
1: i guess like 1980s 1990s the most of elite members they uh let their children study in Song academy because at the time kim jong-il is very focusing on music and then movie industry right yeah right so every elite is like hope their children to, you know, continue, you know, some music industry work or movie industry work. Mm-hmm. But later, they, their interest is shipped on the other subject, like foreign language, mm. because the foreign language gave you more opportunity to travel other countries. Right. And then, you know, if you stay other countries and then you have more freedom, you know, every, you know, elite, you know, class members, they let their children study foreign language.
0: And, and you had that chance uh, because your father got a job in uh, northeast China, so you uh, lived there for a time, and you became uh, chairman of the Kim Il-sung Socialist Youth League in uh, Darian branch. So, uh, tell us a little bit about the life of uh, North Korean people who live in China. What is it like, and how is it different from life in Pyongyang?
1: Oh, I would say it's uh, there's much difference outside North Koreans and the inside North Koreans because when you live in uh, North Korea, there's a lot of conference, a lot of you know the you know session you have to participate.
0: you mean and different then, kinds of meetings
1: Yeah, different kinds of meetings and then you know all gatherings, the North Korean regime don't allow you to be alone you go to office very early morning because the public transportation is not well established. So Mm -hmm. you have to go earlier, like 5 a.m., 6 a.m. And then you came back like 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. And then you had a dinner and then there's no electricity. And Mm. then you go to sleep. And again, that's like life cycle is continued. And then even though you are an elite member and then you have to participate in all kinds of meetings every day there is no way you think other things or you watch you know movies or but um you know outside of north korea uh, you can enjoy much freedom right so you can access internet even though there is monitoring and surveillance but uh, you have to uh, you will find a way they they find a way to you know avoid censorship i can enjoy internet i can you know eat you know if i have money right yes and then I can travel in different provinces, in China or other provinces. I cannot travel other another country unless there is a permission. But, yeah, there's much freedom. There's no need to participate in every single meeting, but you have to participate every Saturday meeting. There's a Saturday, as I said, there was a, self-critic- a self-criticism session. Even though you are not a Workers' Party member, everybody has to participate in this session.
0: So even though you're living outside North Korea, um, there is a kind of uh, a system to maintain order and discipline. And that system is through the Saturday meetings. Is that correct? That's right. If, for example, uh, if you were in China and um, looking at things on the internet, maybe watching South Korean dramas on the internet or um, uh, reading, some website about uh you know critical about north korea and and um north human rights uh, situations in north korea would somebody say to you hey uh, Sung, uh, you shouldn't be looking at this or how how would that work
1: so people uh living in outside of north korea they uh watch or read this uh foreign content secretly not publicly yeah so even though in my home, there was an internet, so I can access the internet, but I watching those content without any uh, permission from the government. So mm-hmm. if somebody visited my home, that could be the disaster. And if they find out I'm watching this foreign content, and then especially like, you know, the state security agents people. Yes. But uh, other than that, like my friends and then because they all watch foreign content. So, you know, ah. the, in friends, you know, circle, we share
0: information. Were there people from the state security agency in China who sometimes came to visit your house?
1: Yes. It's very rare. Uh, I mean, rare situation. Mm. Since my dad was a high-ranking official, he used to serve to two times as a presidential nominee. So um, their security agents reluctant to visit my house, but they visited other people's house Right, often. So, you know, some people really... Uh,
0: careful about watching uh, other foreign content. What about your father? Did he know what you were watching and reading at home?
1: So my dad was kind of uh, loyal to the country and yeah. the regime. So about three years when we were in China, he didn't allow us to watch South Screen movies. But uh, later, like, you know, it's it's a normal thing for us. So, yeah. you know, we watched it, but, you know, for three years, like, he, you know, the criticized us watching, you know, South Korean movies, but, you know, who can prevent, yeah. you know, the thirsty of information?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even,
1: right. even my mom and my sister and myself, you know, yeah. you know very thirsty for, like, those interesting dramas. So right. we watched it.
0: Now, in North Korea, um, when foreigners, well, when a North Korean person meets a foreigner, uh, they usually meet... With two North Koreans and one foreigner, you know, so that it's um, it feels safer, uh, more comfortable. When you were living in China, were you encouraged to only travel together with another North Korean, or were you allowed to go around and you know um, meet people who you wanted to meet?
1: I was living with my family, so I don't need that kind of requirement to travel with another person. So mm. if you stay in China, you can I can travel different you know cities in China uh, with the permission of uh, the the party leader and the state security agent. I don't need uh, somebody accompany with me.
0: Uh-huh. so tell us about the Kim Il Sung Socialist Youth League. Uh, what is it and what does it do? Is it like the Boy Scouts?
1: A kind of it is kind of boys girls, but it's much more mature, uh, the children like, you know, the news league. So um uh it could be a the age range could be like a 14 to like 30. So somebody oh. who is not joined the uh workers party is yeah. also part of the uh community socialist news league.
0: Okay, that's quite a big age range from 14 to 30.
1: Yes. That's what I'm saying. You know, the Socialist League has
0: 5 million members. And what kind of activities did you do in the league?
1: Basically, participating in the meetings and conference and then rally, the Workers' Party organized. Mm-hmm. And then uh, every Saturday, we participate in the self criticism session. Yeah. The main activity organized by the Workers' Party. And then we have to support this workers, parties, traction, and then all these kind of, you know, policies.
0: Now, you were the head of the uh, the Daryan chapter of the Kim Il-sung Socialist Youth League. How were the activities of the league in China different from the activities of the league inside North Korea?
1: Oh, inside North Korean, those uh, the members of Socialist League, they have to participate in every kinds of, you know, activity. Yeah. But uh, like my a region and then the other uh, members living in our side and then they have much flexibility so we only uh you know open that self-criticism session on saturday sometimes i organize like um you know uh playing soccer and then you know uh we went to pc room like okay yeah room together playing some you know games together like shoot-
0: shooting games or driving yes, games shooting
1: shooting games much okay. pretty much shooting games okay so they enjoyed it a lot north koreans enjoyed like counter strike a lot oh really Yep. Huh. Uh, that's very popular game in north korea but even though there is no uh, internet but we have an uh, intranet so yes. we're using intranet in like you know that you know pc
0: station uh did you ever go camping with the the, the youth league is that one of the activities they do
1: yeah yeah so we uh the Dalin city is the uh the um coastal city so we have a a sea there so we usually go to sea to have some you know um bulgogi and then you know the barbecue like you know fish barbecue or yeah uh, that that was the part of the activity but we uh pull money and then you know we buy things then go it's pretty flexible. So that's why, you know, young generation loves the life of outside.
0: Uh, yes. Once
1: you experience the outside life, you won't go back.
0: Well, now, I think that surely the uh, the North Korean government must be very worried about things like that, that, uh, that young people will taste uh, some freedoms, some liberties, even in China, you know, even in a, a country uh, which is not uh, very free or democratic. and and then it will be difficult to come back to North Korea. How does the North Korean government try to avoid that situation?
1: So North Korean regime is very um, aggressively educating these young children, you know, not let those, not, you know, those, trying to prevent those people, you know, uh, influenced by the foreign content or foreign life. You know in, in the part of my uh mission was educating them of north korean policies and the north korean ideology so we have a meeting every saturday right so mm-hmm. we keep talking about you know what north korean party asks us and then i'm trying to give direction for them
0: um so did you receive educational materials from north korea while you to teach the 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 members of the Socialist Youth League, did you get books or or pamphlets or emails or PDF files to to teach them?
1: Yeah, uh, there was a party leader in every reason. so he distributed uh, the material to me. so and then I have to deliver these materials to uh, the members.
0: I know when I look at uh, North Korean books or uh, North Korean magazines, I have to say that to me, They appear visually uh, very boring. It's uh, uh, lots and lots and lots of words on a page, uh, very close together, uh, no pictures. Uh, I I saw a book on uh, how to live a long life, you know, health tips. Even in that book, there were no pictures, no photos, no diagrams. It's all just text. And I wonder how, when you're talking to younger people in the Socialist Youth League, it must be very difficult to hold their attention uh, and make them interested. Uh, how did you do that?
1: No, I, I think it's the same. We ju- I mean, just delivered a message, you know, I mean, what I get older from North Workers' Party. Yeah. I don't care if those people, you know, understand or not, because I ah. know they will not observe those content. I see. Right? <laughs> One time I had this, some. Uh, very difficult situation when i uh, was the uh director of the uh, chairman of the Commission socialist news league in dalian because yeah. you know at the t- at the beginning you know it, it was 2007 i knew there was a, not many members like almost 20 so and then they come from every lo- different location from the city so mm-hmm. it takes uh one hour or one more than one hour for some children to come to the you know the place we have uh, we are having a meeting where was so that place it a restaurant north korean restaurant ah. so it is a, we don't have any place so yep. we get at uh, north korean you know the restaurant then i found that they're very tired and then came early and then they go back like you know more than one hour so yeah. i told them so we are going to have a meeting one i mean once a month and then very next day the party leader came to me and then you cannot do this this is the um rule and then yeah. if you do that you could be like trouble you could be getting in trouble there. oh your family could be in political prison camp so wow. i was frightened so yeah. that's like kind of thing you cannot avoid you cannot redirect
0: right so you said that you, uh, your job was just to give the information you didn't care whether the members understood or remembered or acted on the information it, it makes me wonder were there ever any kind of uh, tests or uh, reviews or quizzes to see you know how much people could remember about their education
1: if you're living in north korea inside i mean you have to do that all kind of thing but Ah. if you are living outside we just require that the notes you wrote in. right yes so i just you know uh gather those notes and then present to party later and then Uh And then it'll be fine.
0: What did the party leader do in Dalian? Um, I mean, did he have another job, or was he just full-time working as a party leader?
1: If if there is a reason like consulate or like embassy, and then there will be full-time party leader, ambassador, ah. or you know, party consulate. But yeah. in Dalian, reason there was a even though there was a 500 North Koreans, you know, the party leader is uh, selected. by the workers party but he is a businessman as well so okay
0: so like your father he was just trading yep okay um your father never became the party leader in Dadian?
1: uh no he that he refused it
0: oh (laughs) can you can you refuse
1: yes yes so i mean it's like you know all kind of you know you can utilize your network so it is you know unnecessary job right yeah You know they don't. You know they don't get paid as a party leader, or didn't get uh, any benefit from a regional party leader. So why would do that? Yeah. So it is an you just additional work, and then if if somebody you know escaped, or if somebody like you know made the mistake, and then he could be in trouble though. You're in
0: trouble. Yeah. Now you voluntarily chose to go to the North Korean military. And you served for, how long was it? Three years and how many months? Three months. Three years and three months. And you said that um, that your uh, students who went to your school were actually exempt from military service. So, I really, I have to ask, who is exempt uh, and who must do military service in North Korea?
1: You know, in North Korean constitution, every man in North Korea have to serve military service. Yeah. But There are several schools like, you know, Song Academy, Pungyang foreign language school, and then the every district, every uh, county, there was a first uh, middle school, Uh middle and high school. So those schools are like, you know, specialized in teaching or fostering like talents, whether uh, music or foreign language or genius, super, super genius. So they are exempt from the military service
0: okay so when i visited north korea and i asked my male guides if they did military service uh sometimes they told me no and uh it's voluntary uh and it, you know you don't have to do it so i guess that means if they were telling the truth that those male guides probably came from one of those special schools
1: Oh uh, that those guys are like you know as as those like uh the guide uh you know, who can speak English, they are uh, special schools,
0: right? They studied
1: in special schools, like my, you know, school, like, like my school. So I think they don't exactly know what the term of this military service. So my dad wanted, uh, like, uh, if you're a man, you have to serve military, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, we discussed a little bit and then, all right. And then I will serve military. And then, you know, that kind of, you know, personal thing at the beginning i served a force unit of north korean uh, people's army force corps yeah, it is in in the Haju, oh yes uh, the west coast of north korea
0: it's in uh, hwanghae namdo
1: yeah that's true hwanghae uh, south hwanghae province got it and I, later i moved to pyongyang area which hmm. is uh, general state department chungchambu um, oh, okay. jakjongbu
0: Okay, so the general headquarters, I think.
1: Yeah, general headquarters, but my uh, the department was operation
0: department. And tell us a bit about what it's like to serve as a conscript in the North Korean military. Well, what are the different things you have to do? Sometimes we read that um, a lot of non-military labor, for example, soldiers who have to go to a farm or on a building project. So just tell us a bit about your experience.
1: You're right. Uh, most of North Korean military soldiers uh, have to do uh, secure food that work. I mean, the work to secure food, like oh. farming. Yeah, basically farming and construction. But yeah. um, like when you wake up in the morning and then you do uh, regular things, eating, and after that, you have to study for two hours of North Korean policies and then Kim family history. Every day, every day, two In hours, the late two hours, wow. and the later and then you uh, do some exercise uh, training before yeah. lunch. And then after that, all afternoon work is like farming.
0: Really? Yes. Okay. It's now- a
1: general soldiers. And then I mean, maybe special forces have some different kind of activity, right? You know, North Korean government failed to provide uh, food aid to North Korean military. So like, they even they provide some rice. They couldn't provide, like, uh, other, you know, the food materials. So, they uh, have to secure those uh, other dishes for, by themselves.
0: Now, when you moved from Heju to the general headquarters in Pyongyang, did your life change much, your daily activities? So,
1: my unit was very special unit. Hmm. It was called 15 Martial Arts Institution. The unit's mission is to spread North Korean style martial arts to North Korean uh, soldiers. their main job is starting martial arts and okay. then um, uh, training those special forces uh, for martial arts
0: in pyongyang
1: in pyongyang right. near pyongyang city
0: and so were you selected to go to that unit because you had a special knowledge of martial arts
1: i uh, I volunteered and then um it's impossible for everyone to become a uh, that member of that union, but yeah. i I utilize my uh network
0: your network right and did you still have to do farming and and construction work when you were in that unit?
1: no, that unit is like you know they will provide very uh good uh conditions like uh, food conditions and yeah. then all the environment was different you know the general soldiers they are living. Those soldiers are living like uh, together in one room, right? Yes. Fifty members are living one in you know, a big room. But uh, that union, you, you have a own, uh, you have your own bed.
0: Okay. What? so so you uh, you finished your uh, 3 years and 3 months of military uh, uh, service and then you returned to uh, your family in China uh, and then you joined the uh, Korean Workers' Party now how hard is it to enter the party
1: oh actually uh, i was i joined the workers party uh, before i discharged from military oh so uh, it was the uh, unique opportunity for military service And is it
0: difficult for normal people to enter the party?
1: It depends on situation, but uh, many of the uh, military service members, they could join member of the workers' party, but you have to serve like more than seven years. And if you didn't serve North Korean military, and then it is like almost impossible to join workers' party member, like even though you are 40
0: or 50. But, what about, for example, uh well, my tour guides, for example, would they have been party members even though they didn't do military service? they will
1: face some trouble uh if they joined a military unit as a different form of military i mean service, like you know if you become a officer in military, yeah, not you know their infantry or right uh those those you know the unit you can be like you know the uh officer in military company, right, yeah. business company, you know, or you can be kind of uh, state security agent, or you can be like, you know, police department member.
0: But basically, if you don't do military service, it's difficult to join the party. Yeah. So what about women? How do they join?
1: So women, they can join the uh, member of the workers party, if you've served North military, and then yeah. they can join like after three years of service most of women's day, women they want to do because you know the members of the north korean workers party refers to social promotion yeah for every north korean so that you can get the opportunity uh, for promotion uh, if you become a member of north korean workers
0: party do we know uh, approximately how many members the korean workers party has
1: um less than five million
0: okay so that if If we think that North Korea has approximately twenty two million people, so that that's quite big I think that's I don't know exactly, but I think it's bigger than the uh the Chinese Communist Party, for example,
1: yeah, because north korea uh North Korean government wants everybody to become members of North Korean party there was like you know um uh, children and then other the women and then other social uh classification like you know those people who has um Defectors, relative of defectors, or like those people who were uh, was the uh, prisoner of uh, Korean War. Right. Those people cannot become members of the Workers Party. Yeah. So you, know, you have to think, and then the, you know the the uh, the political prison camp people.
0: Right. Would you say that most people in Pyongyang are uh, party members?
1: I don't know, but I always say um, you know more than half of them are members of the workers' party.
0: Is it true that only party members can wear the Kim Il-sung or Kim Jong-il badge on their clothes, or can everybody wear that?
1: I think it's kind of rumored. and I think everybody can wear the Kim Il-sung, Kim Jong-il badge.
0: Okay, so visually, uh, there is no way to see easily if a person is a party member or not.
1: No, you cannot, uh, you know, identify if you don't know that person.
0: Okay, uh, now you you mentioned that being a party member is good because it, you can get uh, uh, promotions in your job and other kinds of benefits. Are there um, special activities that party members must participate in? Like, do they get more self-criticism sessions or more education sessions?
1: I don't see any much benefit from different uh, general public. Only benefit is you know you can become a uh, you can. You know there's a social promotion like you can become an official or you can become a um a leader of you know organization mm-hmm. if you are a member of the North Korean Workers Party. But if you are not a member of North Korean Workers Party under all these benefits, all those you know social promotion was not guaranteed.
0: Must party members participate in more political activities? Yes, yes uh they were required to
1: participate in more meeting and then more like activity and then they have to support most North Korean um all North Korean policies.
0: It sounds like uh being a party member could be uh, quite a big burden.
1: Yeah. But um you know if you become a uh, if you want a social promotion and then you have to become a party member. So yeah. there is no choice.
0: Now, we we've talked or you've talked a, a few times about uh, self-criticism sessions, and I want to know as much as possible about these weekly self-criticism and uh, study sessions. I think they're called senghwal uh, chonghua. Mm-hmm. Uh, did everybody have to go to those meetings, party members and non-party members, uh, young, old, men, women, everybody?
1: Yeah, um, that self-criticism system starts uh, from elementary school. Okay. So, even though it's not uh, related uh, whether you are not uh, you are a member of the party or yep. not. So, in like, you know, the students like uh, elementary school and high school, they mainly talk about study because the main job of students are studying, right? Sure, yeah. So they have to cite uh, Kim Il sung and Kim Jong il and Kim Jong il's quote, right? And then yes. they have to say, uh, I didn't do a job my uh, main job study. And then um, mainly every student say I didn't do my study well. So Mm. That's kind of, you know, self criticism. And then military people, they talk about I didn't, you know, I didn't perform well at the training or like farming work.
0: Yeah. 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 And everybody has a, a red notebook, and they write these things in the notebook. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, not just red notebook. You have you know different colors. Oh, <laughs> but the first thing you have to write is the quote of Kim Il Sung and Kim Jong Il.
0: Yeah, and how do you choose the quote?
1: You know the main job uh, the related main job. Like as I say, if you're a student, you know, they choose quote as over study, and then the military person choose uh, military related quote, and uh-huh. then um the like you know other working class people, and then yep. they choose that uh, job. But if you, are, uh, if you are a member of the Marcus party, and then you can cite uh, the North Korea Workers' Party's 10 monotholic principles.
0: Yeah. Oh, so that's only for party members.
1: And mainly party members. But uh, if you're not a member of the workers' party member, it is, I don't know, it is allowed to uh, mention, but mm-hmm. um, they don't usually mention.
0: Right for our listeners at home, I don't think we've talked about this very much on the podcast before. But for our listeners, uh, there is a a small uh, booklet which is called the Ten uh, Monolithic Principles. Oh gosh, I forgot it's a very long name. Ten principles for a monolithic leadership uh, system, and it's kind of like a Ten Commandments in uh, in North Korea. That's uh, right. And uh, people who are party members they have to memorize these principles. Uh, and then they use them in the self-criticism sessions. When I, when I was in North Korea two years ago, uh, I tried to buy a copy of that book, of the 10 principles, because I wanted to have it. Uh, but my guide said to me, no, that's only for North Koreans, you cannot have it. When you, uh, when you write in your notebook, um, the things that you did wrong, uh, how do you choose or how do you decide what to write and what things to leave out?
1: It's hard to say everybody, you know, writes honestly. I would say <laughs> yes. most of them, they created the criticism by themselves. So like,
0: you make something up?
1: Yeah, make something up. Be- because we have uh, the self-criticism session every week. So yes. the things you did good, like yep. you cannot bragging, you right. shouldn't like, you know, the boasting. So And then uh, at the end of the uh, writing, you have to criticize one person. Everybody have to uh, present their own criticism writing. Uh, In the writing, you have to criticize somebody.
0: Ah, okay.
1: You know, every member of the class have to criticize, you know, your friend. So, you know, I found that you did not good at, you know, studying. So why you didn't good at studying? So even though I didn't good at studying, but I have to criticize that person. But, uh, you know, sometimes it makes like, you know, relationship bad. And then sometimes like, you know, we discuss together. So you have to criticize me, I will criticize you.
0: Yeah, I was really curious about that, how you can protect your relationships with friends while at the same time you have to criticize them. So is it common to discuss with your friend before the meeting? Okay, I will say this and you will say that.
1: It's not common, but it is mandatory for criticize somebody. So you have to make up something. So, you know, if you don't, uh, observe other people's work and then you have to uh, make you have to you know make it
0: make it up yeah yeah,
1: make it up so not everybody watching other people's life right right of course but you have to write something so and, that's and because
0: happened. because it's mandatory because everybody must do it and because you know so much of it is made up is it easy for people to forgive each other after receiving these criticisms or sometimes do people hold a long-term grudge at their at their peers because of the criticisms that they received
1: it for us uh it is not at like joke so you know you know many people you know they don't mind but some people you know um if that person is not that close i mean with me but he criticized me and then oh why do you criticize me and then you know
0: and how long is one of these uh, self-criticism s- sessions?
1: Probably one hour.
0: Okay. Yeah. And, but and, uh, you
1: have to end. You have to finish all everybody in the room to do a uh, presentation.
0: I see. So uh, how many people are there in a meeting?
1: Like it depends on uh, if you're high school, if you're a mem- uh student, and then your class members have to do uh, make our presentation, okay. and then the unit in the military, and then. Yeah you're all unit members, you know, waiting, you have to wait all unit members
0: finished. So what's the largest group for self-criticism that you have experienced?
1: Maybe um, less than 50, I guess.
0: Okay. and The military unit, yeah. And you've got 50 people and each person must criticize first themselves and then another person. So is that what, five minutes each person?
1: Yeah, I would say five minutes. Or it could be more than five minutes, but yeah, five okay, minutes. Okay, because
0: that's a very long meeting, then, right? Fifty times five. There's you've got four hours there.
1: Yeah. So sometimes they divide it to ah. groups or three groups, yeah. like smaller. But that's uh, what I what happened in Dalian when I was in chairman of Kimberson Social Youth League. So I had a thirty more than thirty of Dalian uh, young children. But later, uh, those children from Dandong City they joined ah. uh, uh, the schools in Dalian, yep. colleges in Dalian. So additional thirty members. So I couldn't, you know, manage sixty members. So yep. I choose one of the vice uh, chairman and then let him conduct uh, their session. So I divided mm. it. So.
0: So these uh, sessions, these self-criticism sessions, how are they uh, useful to the North Korean government? What, what function do they serve?
1: I think it is kind of control of everybody in North Korea. So, you know, it's kind of a tedious job, but now let everybody participate in this session, and then they believe it is control of society or the people.
0: And do you feel it's effective?
1: Not. Uh, not at all. I I think it's you know usually it's job, but uh, for North Korean regime, it is very important to keep the people controlled.
0: Yeah, that's that's what I mean. So for the North Korean regime, it, it's effective to keep the people busy and controlled, uh, and maybe frightened.
1: Yes, because the leader of this uh, the session, like if you say if I say, uh, the political leader or the teacher or um, the unit leader, they have to make a report to the workers' party. So Ah. we had a session and then, you know, we have to write down all this, you know, self-criticism, the meeting report, meeting log. So that log should be presented to uh, workers' party.
0: Oh, I see. So each week when you were the chairman of the uh, Kim Il-sung Socialist Youth League, you had to write a report about each meeting each week.
1: Yes, I, I usually I have to write it but I let uh, the vice cha- uh, chairman let
0: uh-huh. uh let by
1: chairman write it.
0: And that report included a summary of each member's self-criticism and other criticism of other people.
1: That's correct. Yeah, a lot of work. Right.
0: Yeah, it just it it's amazing. It just seems like there's so much uh non-productive work that takes place in the North Korean system of, you know, report writing and then somebody then has to read the report and, you know, do you have any idea where, where is the, you know, all these reports, where do they go in the end? Do they all go to Pyongyang? Are they, you know, uh, just, is there like a pyramid? Do they all go up and up and up to the top?
1: No, uh, so the party leader, they gathered the information at first and then they make another summary of the report they make summary of the report and then report to the workers' party. Those uh, writings yeah. have to be, uh, like, eliminated if if it uh, passed one year. Ah. So all the documents have to be eliminated.
0: Okay. So after a year, the original reports can be destroyed? Yes. Okay. Because sometimes I, I have this, uh, imagine, I imagine that, North Korea must be full of large storage buildings holding paper reports for the last 80 years, (laughs) you know?
1: Yeah, so there was a rule that like if you have uh, like self-criticism session or like in a conference material, those materials should be returned to workers' party and then Ah. the materials uh, should be uh, destroyed after one year i think it's uh, the self criticism session and in conference is yep. the mean of controlling people so it is uh for them the controlling people for that time yep. then after a year it's usually so they will keep controlling people for another con- uh this criticism session All so right.
0: they don't need it and our uh past our past reports or criticisms ever used again like for example if you were when you were in Daria and you were the chairman uh, and maybe one of your group members had a discipline problem. And uh, did you have to say sometimes uh, from your report 10 months ago, you said this and then now uh, I'm seeing this problem. You know, did you ever use the old reports again?
1: I would say it is a very common thing for North Korean students and North Korean members because, you know, it is always the same thing. I have to criticize myself, but I don't know what did I wrong. So right. I have to copy all of the content I used last year. <laughs> so-
0: <laughs> okay. Now, let's move on to uh, the, your last stage in North Korea. That I understand that uh, you and your family left North Korea in 2014 because of some purges uh, tell us about how you experienced and observed those purges.
1: Um, I, I knew there was some executions and, uh, before 2013, but it was not that, you know, public activity. And then you, the orders uh, from Kim Jong-un and then Kim Jong-il, but it was, you know, a secret operation. But November 2013, the day yep. I arrived in Pyongyang, so... Chang Sung taeks uh, two associates were arrested, and then I was frightened because one of them was my father's friend, and oh. then I, I knew his you know son-in-law well, and then we had a business relationship, yep. and then I worried about them. But um, you know, after ten days, I guess both of them were executed. The two persons' name was Chang Su Gil and Lee Yong Ha. So to uh, the, the vice director of the Workers' Party Administration Department. So those two people were executed. That was the start. And then uh, from that moment, about uh, 500 North Korean officials were executed. And then there were uh, 20,000 people who were related to 500 officials were sent to political prison camps. So it was very. Um, unacceptable for me and yeah. then it was very um, brutal. Um, the general who participated in the two men's execution, he, uh, I still remember that December 3rd, I had a dinner with him. Not me, just my family had a dinner with him and then he uh, shared the experience, the execution, you know, scene. They, you know, were forced to take a bus to the Congo uh, military academy, uh, which is raising uh, military officials, right? Mm -hmm. And then when they arrived there, so two men were uh, tied in the uh, stage. And then, you know, later um, the shooters came and then they uh, shoot uh, with anti-craft guns. So with anti-aircraft guns. Yes, anti-craft gun was so huge blood and then they uh, or like the whole body was scattered, you know, and then later after using flamethrower to burn it, and then those like you know, the smell was you know all of the place. And you and heard
0: then, this directly from the general who saw this.
1: Yes, I heard same story with two different person, but the mm-hmm. first story I heard from the general, like the the person who participated in the, the the same execution. So he, uh, you know, the foam thrower, and then later, yeah. you know, one of the person announced that those traders are not eligible to bury. They, you know, use tank to crash the left turbus. Right. And then, you know, um, then you know, uh, later, uh, they left the sin, and then at that time, Chang Sung Tae was alive. Yeah. Kim Kim Jong's uncle he told me at that time, he lost his mind, you know, he couldn't, you know, hold his body. So later, uh, people, you know, bring him to the car and then Zhang was Sorry, executed. Who, who, who,
0: who um, hang on, who lost his mind? Uh, the, Songta, the, oh, Zhang Tech, Kim Jong's uncle. Yeah. Okay.
1: So right. later, um, he was also executed, like, yeah. uh, January 2014.
0: Did your father know Song Tech personally?
1: Yes, uh, he met before Zhang was arrested, 40 yeah. days.
0: So did your father feel in danger?
1: Um, kind of, but uh, my dad and Zhang was not, you know, re- uh, related in business or yeah. administration work. So mm-hmm. uh, they are in di- different department. but my dad and Zhang is trying to build a... Um, industrial complex in North Korea. So my dad trying to bring Chinese investment and then Zhang was very happy about the plan. So yeah. they were you know, discussing the plan and then but um, you know, after 40 days, Zhang was yeah, yeah. arrested. Yeah. Uh,
0: and is that why your family decided to leave? Was it the execution of Zhang song tech that made your father say, Okay, we have to go?
1: It, I would say it is like initial shocking point for us. But uh, later, uh, we still see those officials who related Samsung Tech and then Kim Yong hee Kim Jong-un's aunt. Those uh, officials also were executed. So we believe that Kim jong hee uh, was dead. And then uh, we decided to defect uh, October 2014. It is very controversial uh, topic. But we heard Kim Gyeong-hee was dead in like five different shows. So oh. I would say we cannot believe the person who on, show, uh, on the TV is not a uh, real Kim
0: gyeong Oh, uh, So how did you come from North Korea to South Korea?
1: There was some help from South Korean people. So um, it was uh, because we were living in China and then we had a North Korean passport. So it was pretty uh, relatively easy for us to escape. So we ah. didn't go through like, you know, hard journey. Uh,
0: and so you you lived in South Korea for a while, and now you live in the United States. Um, how did you make that decision, your family, to go to the United States? We
1: observed South Korean politics and the South Korean situation, but uh, we believe that, you know, the current South Korean government is not the... Uh, is not supportive to North Korean defectors, and mm. then they has no vision or like trust to uh, change North Korean regime. I, I would say uh, if they don't want or they, if they don't uh, protect uh, our family and then we yep. should leave, right? So that's mm. how we uh, make a decision, made decision.
0: Was it difficult to go to the country which you believed for a long time was your great enemy?
1: Yeah, it's very good question. But I lived in China for a long time, like, you know, more than seven years. So I watched a lot of police movies. Mm. Then actually, my friend circle who studied English, they all uh, they know, United States is the great country, and then you know, best country in the world. And then, you know, they like a young generation is much different from old generation. They believe, yep. you know, North Korean system is not the best, can, best system. So right. they won't live outside of North Korea, hmm. but they uh, have relatives and family members there in North Korea. So they cannot make, you know, um, decision like me. But I would say they will make, you know, right decision when the opportunity comes, when they will have opportunity.
0: Yeah. And what kind of work do you do now in the United States?
1: I'm doing a consulting uh job on North Korean matters to uh NGOs in the United States. It is a uh, related North Korea and then I have a passion to liberate North Korea and then um many of the um work was you know the North Korean human rights, and sending information to North Korea, and then uh, to give some advice on North Korean policies. So it is very uh, interesting to me.
0: Now Hyunsoo, you and your sister also run a YouTube channel called Pyeonghatten. Uh, tell us a, a little bit about it.
1: Yes, uh, thank you for mentioning. Uh, my sister and I created YouTube channel last year, and we uh, run the channel. The name, under the name of Pyonghattan. So, uh, Western journalists, they created term um, Pyongyang and Manhattan. They combined these two languages together, uh, created one, Pyonghattan. But I have a different meaning of Pyonghattan because in Manhattan, there was a, uh, the status, Statue of Freedom.
0: Oh, yeah, the Statue of Liberty. Uh, Liberty, yeah, yep. Statue
1: of Liberty. So, I want that statue I want to bring that statue to Pyongyang so Pyongyang become a like Manhattan so you know Pyongyang people become a uh, New Yorker and then I hope they can enjoy freedom as much as New Yorkers do and I hope Pyongyang people can spread freedom to the entire North Korea.
0: And uh, listeners, I, w- I want to encourage all of you to uh, to have a look at the Pyonghatan channel. It's really great. Uh, both Hyun Sung and his sister have videos up there. Uh, Hyun Sung, how do you feel? Um, how can North Korea change?
1: It's very uh, interesting and tough question. And then many people uh, have different view on how to change North Korea, but I believe as long as Kim family regime exists, and then the regime cannot choose uh, any good policy for North Korean people. So they will not open up the country, and then they will not resolve human rights issue in North Korea, and then they will not release people from the political prison camp. Because you know the Kim family regime committed a crime against the humanity for 70 years, if North Korea open up and then the Kim Jong-un regime cannot sustain their uh, power. Mm. That's uh, what I believe. So, even though Kim Jong-un has, you know, good mind, but he changed his mind and then to open country and then he have to lose his power. Mm -hmm. So, I would say um, pressuring Kim Jong-un regime to solve North Korean human rights and then giving on nuclear weapons and then join the international community as a normal country, mm-hmm. I think uh, that would be the solution for uh, international community.
0: Okay. Well, it's certainly a very difficult question and one that uh, people have been thinking about for a long time. Uh, of course, I hope it, it goes well for everybody. Uh Hyun-Sung, I want to thank you for coming on the show today and giving us so much of your time. You've been very generous uh thank you for coming and we do hope to have your sister on the show one day and hear her experiences too i hope too. great thank you ladies and gentlemen if you haven't uh, if you already have an nk news account and if you're a think tank business or academic institution take a look at nk pro our nk pro platform offers unparalleled services specifically catered to the needs of professionals who monitor developments on the korean peninsula inquire about access at membership at nknews.org today our thanks as always to James Fretwell and Chad O'Carroll for facilitating this podcast and to Arias Dare, our post-recording producer genius, who cuts out all the extraneous noises, awkward silences, bodily functions, et cetera. Thanks and listen again next time.